0: Well, today we are wrapping up our series. We've been calling it Pace of Grace. We've been working through the letter, uh, Ephesians in the New Testament. If you have a Bible, feel free to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians is kind of halfway, maybe a little bit more, through the New Testament. And uh, we call it Pace of Grace, and we've been working through that. And we've been talking a lot about the fact that uh, everything that we have is a gift, that God gives us everything that we need. Every breath that we have, every need that we have, God provides for us. He cares for us. There's been some beautiful theology in the book of Ephesians. Just spectacular, some of it, talking about who God is. And uh, these verses that just sort of take our minds and, and move us to a place even higher than maybe we would normally expect to think about who God is. And there's been some powerful teaching about who we are, who, who we are as human beings and and who we were created to be, who we were meant to be. And then in the last couple of weeks, we got to some of the practical implications of that. We were talking about uh, last week, our relationships, how we treat each other, how we look at who Jesus is, what he's done for us, the way that he was willing to give up his life for us and how that makes an impact on uh, our morality, on our relationships, on our families, on our marriages, how we treat each other. And then today we come and we're going to finish off this letter. When we come to to the end, there's this part before it finishes uh, that I think is really important. And I think um, the author meant for us to stop and go. And and as you kind of take all that in, all that good theology and anthropology and sociology, you just got to know that there's going to be some really hard times. And we're going to try and apply that. There's going to be battles that we face. Let's just be honest. We know that. I'm just wondering how many of us are coming in today with battles that we're facing, and maybe they're ones that a lot of people know about, and maybe they're ones that nobody knows about. Uh, I would wager to guess that those of us in the room and those of us online, a lot of us today have carried in some, some deep struggles, uh, some things that are really tough. And I think just God's put on my heart that uh, he's got a message for us today. So here we go. Okay. I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a, a suck, just if you didn't notice. Okay. Um, but I, I really do feel like God has a message for us. And uh, the first verse I want to read is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's one of these times in the book of Ephesians, we've seen it a few times where uh, there's this repetition of, of a word. Number of different words, but here, strength. And it's like, it's overdone. Like, if you take a creative writing class or any kind of writing class, uh, your teacher will probably tell you, try not to use the same word over and over again, even in the same sentence. But uh, we get that over and over in Ephesians. Uh, And it's emphasis, right? So, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his strength, literally, just repeating this word over and over and over. So, if you've come in today and you feel a little bit weak, if you feel like I have these struggles that make me feel like I'm not enough, that make me feel like I'm overwhelmed, that make me feel like I don't know how to move forward, then today I think the message is that God wants to give us his strength. It doesn't just say, just be strong, just gut through it. That is sometimes the armor that we put on, isn't it? We go through a hard time and we go, I'm just gonna pretend that I'm okay. I'm gonna give the impression to people around me that I'm okay. I'm just gonna kind of, you know, grab myself by the bootstraps and pull myself up, and and I'll get through this somehow. Maybe we try and ignore some of the things that are really bothering us, or some of the circumstances that are happening around us. Maybe we try not to go too deep with our emotions. Maybe we try and ignore some of the practical things in our life that have to get worked out. There's all kinds of ways. Sometimes we get really aggressive when we're upset or we're struggling. Sometimes we get passive aggressive uh, with people around us because we don't want people to think that we're weak or that we're struggling. But here we start with. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might or his strength. You be strong in the strength of the Lord and his strength. You don't have to be macho or aggressive or passive aggressive or you pretend or ignore. But you today can receive, as we have seen all the way through this message, the grace of God that gives you strength. And that's my prayer for us today. And for all of us who might come in just acknowledging we're fighting a battle. We're going through a struggle. To today know how we might be strengthened in that struggle and that battle. Says verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over his, this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know, last month I was officiating a wedding. And uh, I was officiating, there was another pastor who was giving the message, I was doing part of it, he was doing part of it. He was giving kind of a charge or a message to the couple. And he got up and he preached from Ephesians chapter 5. He preached some of the message that we talked about last week uh, about love and submission and how it works to put somebody else before you and how important that is in a marriage. Um, And that that if you want your marriage to work, really that's a huge principle, a really common one that we talk about at weddings. And then he said this amazing thing, uh, because he said, but it turns out like in marriage you're going to fight. You're going to be tempted to fight. You're going to get upset with each other. Uh, You know, there might be times where you're really just emotionally charged and you just want to tear that other person down in a huge way. And then uh, he, he goes, you know, we're reading Ephesians 5 and we're talking about loving and submitting and what that looks like. And then he goes, and then I want to remind you when it comes time, when you feel like it's time to fight, remember, it's not each other that we fight. Ephesians 6 tells us who we're supposed to fight, where the real fight is and then he read this passage That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't even wrestle against each other. Our real problem, we don't always understand this, is not against our enemy, our people enemies. The people that are making our lives difficult or are really making our circumstances difficult. Yeah, we do to a certain extent. But the real fight, who we're really supposed to fight, are the powers, the evil powers. Some of them seen, some of them unseen. That's what we have here when it talks about uh, the... the the rulers and against the authorities. Some of that probably means in this context, the political rulers or authorities that are being oppressive and that are uh, making life difficult or impossible for some people and then against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, spiritual forces that we often don't see. That We need to realize that while we have struggles in this world and there are a lot of struggles that we can see and we can feel and that maybe are very obvious to us, there is a battle that is not always so obvious. And that there is a spiritual dimension. Now, I want to be careful here and tell you something. Because as we go through that, we're going to talk about our, our battles. We're going to talk about our struggles. We're going to talk about our prayer lives, how we kind of enter into that spiritual space. I don't want you to walk out and go, as long as I say a little prayer, my life is just going to get better tomorrow. My battles are going to disappear. My struggles won't be there. All of a sudden, everything's going to be easy. Some of our battles, I'm just going to be honest with you, are going to, they're going to be long battles. They're going to go on longer than we wish that they would go on. Sometimes we're going to be in, in the middle of a struggle and we're going to think, man, I thought I would be done with this by now. I thought this would be resolved by now. I didn't think my life was going to look like this at this stage. I'm going to be real about that. There are going to be things that will be required of us to fight those battles, practically speaking. There might be things that you're going through right now and, and there are steps, practically speaking, that you need to take. You might be really battling with your mental health. And today, maybe even today, one of the words that God's going to speak to you in strength is that one of the strongest things you can do today is go and ask for help. Is go talk to a counselor. There might be family issues you're struggling with and and you might really need to struggle with it. There might be relationships where really hard conversations are necessary that you're going to need to wade into. There might be financial issues where you got to stop and go, my life may need to really change to fix some of this stuff. There might be some really practical things that you need to do. And I don't want you to walk out here, of here and go, man, if I just pray the right prayer, then, then all my problems, those problems are going to go away. Because I, I, I think that God could and might change things very quickly for some of us circumstantially. I won't take that away from God. He can do it. He has done it. I've seen it. But today, what I really want to concentrate on is that I think God wants to give us the strength in the middle of those battles and to know that it might not be the only thing we need to do, but the most powerful thing we need to do is pray. So hear me, I'm not saying, say a prayer and expect all those things to go away. That, that's the only solution. But what I am saying is that oftentimes in the middle of the practical things that we're dealing with and struggling with and the things that we can see and we know about, there is a deeper reality and a more powerful level of that battle is happening spiritually spiritually. Do I just pray and forget about all the practical stuff? No, 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 no. But listen, some of us, we're fighting in our own strength. We're trying to live in our own strength. And I would wager that if we just could see the things that nobody can see, and we were all super open and vulnerable, there'd be a lot of us coming in today. Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's in the future. Maybe it's in the past. But we would come in and go, I've got to this place where I just can't do this anymore. I don't have enough strength for this circumstance. I don't have enough strength for this battle and for this struggle. And that's what we're coming to here in Ephesians. What do the battles look like? I can't give you a comprehensive list. But I think the attacks that will come on us will sometimes look like guilt, shame, discouragement, fear, temptation, maybe overwhelming anger, disappointment, resentment, despair, anxiety, depression. Maybe it's difficult circumstances of all kinds. Attacks on your character, your well-being, in some cases, perhaps even your life. We all battle these kind of struggles. We go through these kind of things at different times in our lives. So we come to this passage that says, man, we've talked all about how amazing God is and how powerful God is, and how loving God is, and how we see it in Jesus Christ and who you're created to be and, and how that works in. And now we just know we're going to come to these points where we just recognize that there's a battle. And again, I don't want you to walk out of here and go, man, if, I have, if I'm struggling with my mental illness, all I need to do is just pray that away. I don't think that's, that's how it works. But I think that among the things you need to do, the most important thing that we can do is to pray and to lay these things before God. Every battle that we have, lay it before the one who is more powerful than anything else that is happening. And I think it's him that gives us the strength to do what we need to do then, what we can do. What we can control, and perhaps to accept the things that we can't control. So in verse 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore. You remember what I just said about the repetition? Like, you're not supposed to do this in writing? Are you getting this one? So that you could stand. Because what happens in a battle? Who wins? It's the person who's standing at the end. So you win a battle, is that you're standing at the end when nobody else is. If you're the one that's knocked down, that you're you're, you're killed, you lose. But to stand means to stand firm. This word, it means to be unmoved. It means to be ready and prepared to be strong. So knowing that there's going to be times, if it's not now, there will be times where things are difficult. We want you to be prepared, to be unmoved, to be ready, to be strong, to stand even when You're overwhelmed even when there are these circumstances that are coming. And what is it? It's at the evil day. What's the evil day? Well, we don't know. Uh, Commentators argue about that a little bit. Some of them say the evil day uh, is a specific day, that the writer is thinking of a specific thing that they're anticipating happening for their original audience. Um, you know, there's going to be this great persecution. There's going to be this event. Maybe uh, the powers that be are, are, are pushing to, to uh, attack us in a certain level. Maybe he's thinking of something specific. Maybe he's thinking of something in the future. Some people, this is like future. Uh, we may even think like when the world is going to end. Uh, and some people think maybe it's just, just every day. It's the evil day. When the evil day comes. Evil in the Bible, oftentimes, the, the word can mean, we, we think of that very um, sometimes spiritually charged, but evil can also just mean trouble. Like just when the day comes and it's, it's a bad day. This is a bad day. This is the day I didn't want to happen. This is the day where I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm disappointed. I'm anxious. I, I, I'm in despair. This is the day that's the evil day. And so perhaps it's just that day. And isn't that so relatable? Just the day where... This isn't what I wanted to happen today. This is is just, this is tough. This hurts. That on that day you could stand. So he says, verse 14, "...stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith." with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is what we often refer to um, as the the spiritual armor uh, or the armor of God as we had in verse 13. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about how we can take those tools that God gives to us and we can appropriate them. We can use them in our lives. So instead of armoring up to be macho, oh, Nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Or ignorant of our, our struggles and just saying, uh, I'm just not going to think about it. Um, or in some way pretending or, or whatever we might do to try and protect ourselves. What if we accepted the armor of God? Number one, take the belt of truth. What does that mean? It means faithfulness and loyalty in this context. The belt of truth is faithfulness and loyalty. A belt in battle as armor, so not just a belt that holds up your pants, but a belt as as armor, is going to be what holds everything together. So, yeah, most of us, we might wear a belt to hold up our pants. But if you had a bunch of weapons or even tools, this is where you would put those weapons or the tools. And it's going to hold it close to your body. So you're not trying to hold everything and you're clumsy and you're dropping stuff and stuff's falling out of your pockets and all that kind of stuff. It's let's keep things all together. It speaks of integrity. That's what living with truth is. Not just being knowledgeable, but being a person of integrity. A whole person. Integral, which means I live by what I believe. And what I believe is true is how I attempt to live. That's integrity. I am one whole self. It's not I say one thing and I do another. It's being faithful and it's being loyal. That's what's going to hold you together even in tough time is to be an integrated person. The opposite of being someone of integrity is that your life disintegrates. It falls apart. There's a piece over there, but it doesn't really fit with this piece and that piece. And that. So we decide who we are, and then we live that way wherever we are and whatever we're doing. On Sundays in church and on Monday at work and on Tuesday at home and whatever we're doing, we become people who are faithful to what we believe. And that, you know, isn't just some kind of moral floating off thing. It's just be who you believe that you are and live how you believe you ought to live. So we've been in Ephesians and we had a week right near the beginning when we talked about uh, who in this letter does God say that we are. And we talked about that we're chosen by God, we're blessed by God, we're redeemed by God. We are holy, which means we're set apart by God. We are his. So who am I? What does it mean to be a whole person? Well, I take these things and I take that into my day every single day. I am chosen because I'm loved. God has chosen me. God has chosen you. I am blessed. There is a God who wants good for me and is speaking good into my life and about my life. I am redeemed, which means I am not perfect, but I'm bought with a price. I am forgiven. My guilt has been taken by Jesus. I am holy, which means I am his. I am not on my own that there is something about my life that is deeper than just the physical stuff of my life, but I am actually part of who God is, and I am set apart to have meaning and purpose. I am his, and so are you. So living with integrity, if you believe these, and you might not believe these at this point, but if you believe these means, that's how I live every day. And i got to remind myself of who God says I am. That's the belt of truth. That's what keeps everything and all these tools close by so that when I run into battle, I've got what I need. And person of integrity, so it doesn't all fall apart. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. This is a breastplate; is protection for your vital organs. Right, you cover up the stuff that could kill you. So this is important protection. What kills us? Unrighteousness, for example. What does it mean to live righteously? It means doing right and practicing justice. Righteousness, sometimes we think of just as kind of personal morality. Okay, that's part of it. Righteousness, in some ways, is just right action, right? It's living, doing the things you're supposed to do. But it has the connotations of being very social. It's how you treat people. Specifically, how you treat people who are oppressed or don't have enough. What do you do for those who are struggling because they don't have enough to eat or they don't have a place to live or they've been oppressed or they've been uh, the victims of some kind of injustice, well, you know what really protects us in our lives, vitally speaking? I would say maybe even protects our soul is that we actually care for one another, and we act in such a way that shows it. Right actions, which means the way that I live helps other people live and live well, not just something that's selfish for me. You know, selfishness is an incredible attack on who we are and our integrity, isn't it? When we live just for ourselves, well, how do you protect yourself against being selfish and being self-absorbed and always thinking about yourself? Well, righteousness, start living for other people. Talked a lot about that over the last couple of weeks. Put others' needs ahead of your own Man, go to fight against the powers of evil that threaten our soul, that tell us that life is all about getting more and having more and getting ahead. Well, what about the people who aren't getting ahead? What about the people that don't have enough? You want protection against that sickness for your soul? It's the breastplate of righteousness. We care for one another. That's why we've been talking so much over the last couple of months as we've regathered about what it looks like to be in community with one another and to care for each other's needs. Because it has to start here so that it can go out everywhere. We have to start getting that message. This is who Jesus is. is who God has created us to be so that we can live this out in the world, this righteousness. The shoes that make us ready uh, for the gospel of peace. Talking here probably in, uh, in this context, if you had shoes for battle, probably what they would have done is uh, sort of created almost like cleats that we would have, but they didn't have cleats, so they would stick nails and stuff in or studs of some kind into the bottoms of their shoes so that they could dig in, right? So that you can get traction, so that you're ready to move, so that you don't slip and fall and then you're in a vulnerable position. So these shoes that make us ready for the gospel of peace is amazing because how do you fight constantly? Conflict. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, you fight conflict with peace and reconciliation. That's amazing, right? You don't just fight by fighting. This entire entire thing, by the way, it's battle imagery for people who follow a nonviolent savior, right? Someone who told us uh, when people hit you, you don't hit them back. And so the imagery is maybe very violently in some ways, but all of the actual specifics are, but we don't fight the way that you might think we're supposed to fight. So how do you fight against conflict? How do you fight against in your family when people are fighting? How do you fight against people who are slandering you? How do you fight against people who are saying bad things about you, making life hard about you, fighting you? Well, you fight with the reconciliation of the gospel, with things like forgiveness and grace. It's been given to me, I give it to you. Let's end this conflict. You can't always do that because you can't control other people, but you control how how you fight, how do you fight? I'm going to fight with peace. I'm going to fight with forgiveness. I'm going to fight with reconciliation. It's very powerful. It's what we've hopefully, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've already received. You've received grace. I didn't make my way to God because I fought for it, but because I was forgiven for it. So how do I fight conflict in my life? I seek forgiveness. Where possible, I seek reconciliation. Again, forgiveness sets the stage. Reconciliation, we actually walk towards others. We can't decide whether or not they create an environment to reconcile with us. We only decide if we can do that with them, as far as it depends on us to live at peace with other people. Romans chapter 12 says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Stop the fight. It's not how we fight. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Take the fight to a different level. We fight differently. The gospel of peace. The shield of faith. Again, this protective imagery, the shield that you would hold out. Probably thinking in battle of a shield that's four feet in length. It can cover almost your whole body, especially if you crouch down and need to. And the faith is confident trust in and receptiveness to Christ and his power that protects us against the attacks, as we read, that come against us. So we walk out and we say, what's going to really protect me is this confident trust, not in what I can do, but in what Jesus has done for me. And that he can fend off the attacks that come toward me. What he's given us, we have faith, again, that we're forgiven, that we're chosen, that we're blessed, that we're redeemed, that we're holy. That when attacks come against us that say otherwise, we believe in what God says and what Jesus has done for us. And we receive that. And so we walk out into this world and we say, there's people who don't like me. There's people who say bad things about me. There's people who want to have conflict, wherever that is in whatever sphere of life. Sometimes you walk away and you think, man, I'm worthless. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Maybe what they're saying is right. We attach shame to those things. We carry it around in our minds and our hearts and our bodies. The shield of faith says I fend that off with what God says about who he is and who I am. What do the burning arrows look like that are talked about here? Again, uh, I can't give you a, a, a complete list, but I think it's things like maybe temptation. To do impure or unloving things. Maybe false teaching, persecution, doubt, despair. Lies against who we are, against who God is. We come to the helmet of salvation. So protecting, um, again, something totally vital, a a, a helmet, protecting your head. Or in this case, maybe we're, we're meant to think about our minds and what we think about and of salvation, that God has already rescued us. Salvation's a rescue word. He's already saved us. He's already rescued us. And I like to come to this point because up to this point, you might say, well, I'm trying to be a person of integrity and I'm trying to fight through it. And I'm trying to be strong. And you might be convinced that I have to do all these things in my, my own Power. I'm I'm trying to fight the conflict with peace and forgiveness, but that's so difficult. And, and I'm trying to have the belt of truth and be a person of integrity, but I, I get challenged. Well, the helmet of salvation reminds us: Hey, in your mind, remember this isn't just you. This is what God's done for you. Hold your mind, protect it, be strong. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word, which is a crucial weapon. A sword cuts us deep. It makes us vulnerable. It goes inside of us. That God's word by his spirit speaks to who we are, speaks to our, our, our inner uh, position. We, we go to that deeper level where we can get at what really matters. This is what the word of God is. What's the word of God? The Bible probably, but more so the work of the spirit of Jesus working inside of us, capital W, Word, speaking the truth that we've talked about, speaking about who we are. So protection from that which threatens our souls, the most important part of us, the part that integrates all of us, the part that we really are, our identity, then if we're going to put on this armor, and by the way, we read earlier in this letter about uh, the new self. This is what it looks like to put on the new self, put on the armor of God, who God says we are. Live that out. It'll look like uh, integrity, justice, reconciliation, faith, salvation, And the spirit of God moving in us. This makes us battle ready. We rely on all of these things that God gives to us. This is what we seek to live out. This is what protects our lives from real evil. Whatever that might look like. Sometimes very mysterious. We're not really sure. And as we seek to do that, how do we do it? How do we appropriate all of these things? In verse 18 it says, it's a continuation of a sentence we just read. Praying at all times in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so here we have uh, the writer basically saying, and I'm praying for you and I want you to be praying for me and I want you to be praying for each other. That as we take all of these things and we ask God to protect us and make us ready and strong to stand on the evil day, whatever bad day come against you, whatever terrible circumstances, whatever pain and struggles in your life, to stand and to stand strong at the end. How do we appropriate all this? We got to take it to God. We got to lay it before him. You know, the most powerful, again, I don't want you to walk out of here and say, I don't have to do anything in my life. I want you to walk out of here and say, the most important thing I can do is pray about these things. And God will give me the strength to do what I need to do and the strength, perhaps, to accept the things that I can't control. As we finish this series, I want to give us a chance to uh, respond. Um. There's this story that I love in 2 Kings chapter 6, prophet Elisha. Kind of a big shot pri- prophet, but uh, very uh, antagonistic to the people around him. Because kind of what prophets do, it's kind of their thing, is they speak truth to power. And power doesn't like it uh, because they usually say, here's what you're doing wrong and, and you need to change it and it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard. And so Elisha's out there and he's prophesying and he's saying things that are creating a lot of enemies. And then there's this army from Syria where the king says, I am going to get rid of Elisha. And so they send an army against him. And so this army comes and is there with his servant. You know, so you think of, like, a younger guy, not as experienced, maybe not quite as strong in his faith as Elisha the prophet is. And uh, they're surrounded, right? Like, we're done. We're going we're gonna to be killed. This is it. And it says that uh, Elisha says to him, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he prayed, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he might see. So the Lord opened his eyes, and the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mound was full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha. That all of a sudden he looked and he saw, because this last part of the, the the passage we read, did you see it? It talks about, um, you know, persevering. It, it talks about um, this this difficult times, and, and and Paul's just saying we gotta we gotta pray, we gotta persevere, and. You know, he, he, he wants them to, their eyes to be opened. And could you, imagine, could you imagine how often we just, we see our struggles so clearly. We see how big they are. We see the army that comes against us, metaphorically. We see the obstacles that seem just so big. And it's like, this is it. But today, my prayer is that your eyes will be opened. And that you would see something that you normally can't see. And then all of a sudden, instead of just the army against you, you would see the army for you. All of a sudden he sees those who are with us are more than those who are against us. So here's my prayer for you is that today, whatever you're dealing with, or if it's next week or next year or 10 years down the road, that you would understand that he who is for us is greater than anything that is against us. It's my prayer for you today. It's my prayer for us today. That we would know that he who is for us is greater than anything that is against us. And that might be hard to believe. And so we pray and we lift all these things up to God so that we might catch a glimpse of the one who is for us. And that would put in perspective everything that might be against us. So in the chair pocket, in the chair in front of you, there's just a little slip of paper. looks like this. And it says, uh, the battle I'm praying for. And then there's some lines. And I want to invite you to take that right now. And there's a pen in there as well. And I want you to write something down. It might seem small and insignificant. There might be a little battle in your life. It might seem overwhelming today, what you write down. And you can summarize it. You put whatever you want. It doesn't matter that you know what it is. This is my battle. Because here's what I want you to know. There's no battle that needs to go unprayed for today. There's no battle that does not need to go to the throne of God today. There is no battle that you have to deal with on your own. There is nothing you have to deal with that you have to go out into by yourself. And so today we're going to pray for all of our battles, the big and the small, the ones that are directly against you, the ones that are are maybe, uh, you know, something struggle in your family, something that's hurting people around you. But today we're gonna say, whatever I might need to do to fight all this battle, the first thing I'm gonna do, and the thing I'm gonna do more than I do anything else, is I'm gonna pray about this battle. This is how I'm gonna fight my battle. I'm gonna give it to the one who is greater than anything that comes against me. That's how we're gonna fight our battles. And it might give you the strength, as I said today, to do some of the things that maybe you need to do in that battle. I don't know what it is for you. I'm not saying we're just going to pray and do nothing, but we're going to pray. Every battle. Now on your way out, if you're here in the room, there's there's a white container bucket on the table just near the exit. If you want to, put that slip of paper in there on your way out. It would be our honor to pray for you put your name on it. If you want, we will pray for you by name this week. If you don't want to put your name on it, fill out anonymously, we'll still pray for you. You don't have to do any of that kind of stuff, but we want you to know that it's available for you. There's going to be people praying for you. If you're online watching this, you just send us an email. Uh, Send me an email at dave at westsidehamilton.com and we will be praying for you. That's our commitment to you. We will pray for every battle that you are fighting. No battle needs to go unprayed for. That we might have the strength in his might, at the end of the day, to stand. To still be standing because we serve a God as we have seen through this series in Jesus who's flipped everything on its head he suffered he died all of his friends abandoned him he was alone he was tortured he was accused he was convicted wrongly I mean, everything that we could go through, every struggle, every hurt, every pain, he's endured. And today he stands, <laughs> he stands. You know, one of the great, uh, one of the great uh, little metaphoric pictures in Revelation, Jesus is always called the lamb. And there's this one verse where, it, you know, uh, John is in this vision, he's looking and he says, and I saw the lamb as if he was slain, standing. Do you know what lambs who are slain don't do? Stand. The lamb who was slain, the one who was killed, the one who had said, man, if anybody could say, that's over, it's done, he couldn't win the battle, stands. And now this is what this passage is about. You put on the full armor of God. You take his strength, the one who has gone to death and defeated death. The one who reigns victorious and the one who is now at the right hand of the Father at the heavenly throne. And that's where we're gonna now take our praises and our supplications and our requests. It's where we're gonna take our battle. So you write your battle down. If you wanna hang on to it, that's fine. Maybe turn it over right on the back of it. He who is for us is greater than anything that is against us. You can take it with you, but if you wanna leave it, you leave it and we'll pray for you. Now you take that as you have it in your hand right now. You hold it there because it's real and we're not ignoring it. And we sing this together. This is how we're going to fight our battles. Stand with us.